0: Second uh, Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one. I, I want to begin tonight a, a study uh, on rising above the normal, and I'm not going to go very long tonight. I just want to kind of lay the foundation, and I want to look at seven characteristics of the spiritual life uh, that the Apostle Peter brings out here in these verses. And I'm just going to cover the first one tonight, and then we'll have our monthly business meeting. Uh, but I want to start in verse 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have attained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, and so he's talking to these uh, believers. We're in a study on uh, 1 Peter on Wednesday night, and we know that these epistles are written to these scattered Jews and these scattered Christians. Uh, In verse 2, he said, "'Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness.'" I want to read that again. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. God has called us to great things. God has called us to rise above, if you will. And I am thankful that I am a sinner saved by the grace of God. But I am so thankful that with the new nature that we receive at the time of salvation, that I have the opportunity to get a little better in my life. I want you to know that when you get saved, there ought to be a change in your life. May I tell you in the Christian life, you ought to be a little further with the Lord today than you were yesterday. And you ought to be a little further with Him tomorrow than you were today. We must grow in the Lord. We must grow in Him. Notice verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers... Of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. How do you escape the corruption that is in the world? How do you escape the temptation? How do you escape the lust? Well, that's part of that divine nature that we're given. Notice what he said in verse 5. And he said, "...and beside this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue." Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Open our hearts to it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Where there is life, there must be growth. Notice what he said in verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us... All things that pertain unto life and godliness. God is a God of life. And when you got saved, you got a new life. When you got saved, you received the life. Because Jesus is the life. The one and the only. He claimed to be the way, the truth, and the life. He is the life. Where there is life... There is growth. When you accept Jesus as your personal Savior, you receive the life. You become a new creature in Christ. You must begin to grow in the Lord. Understand that I believe as Christians that it's not good enough to be saved and satisfied. I believe as Christians that God wants us to march forward. He wants us to grow in Him. He does not accept us sitting and staying where we are, staying on the milk of God's Word, just staying in the the babyish things, you will, of Christianity. God wants us to move forward. We must grow in Christ. If you're not growing in Christ, God's not happy. If you are the same place spiritually that you were the day you got saved, may I tell you, you got it backwards today. God wants us to grow in Him. There must be growth in our life. The new birth is not the end. It's only the beginning. The new birth in Christ, you become a new creature. That is the beginning of a new life. And you must begin to grow into what God has called you to be. God supplies everything that we need to grow. Everything that we need to be uh, a success as a Christian, God can provide it. May I tell you today, if you want to be a successful Christian, it's not going to be on your tools. It's going to be on the tools and the things that God can provide for you. It's going to be on the things that God can give you in your life. Understand that God can supply, but it is up to every believer to use them. Understand that God wants us to go further. But God is a God of love. He is not a dictator. God cannot make you do something. He can be very persuasive, amen? But He cannot make you do something because He is a loving God. And God has provided everything that we need to move forward in Him, with Him. And so we must decide that I'm tired of sitting here, I'm tired of being the same old Christian, and I want to go a little further with God. May I tell you that it's not up to God. If it was up to God, we would all be way ahead than where we are today. But He is waiting on us. And I've learned a long time ago that I'm not waiting on God, but God's waiting on me. And God has supplied and already given me everything that I need to be a success as a pastor and a preacher. But it's up to me to go to God and get the things that He's offering me. It's up to me to make that decision to grow further. May I tell you that we should never be satisfied as a Christian. Spiritual growth is not automatic. Well, I've been saved a year, so God's going to give me a little bit. And then when I'm saved two years, He's going to give me a little bit more. And then when I'm saved four years, He's going to bestow more and more and more and more. Friend, when you get saved, you have received the fullness of the Godhead bodily. is what the Scripture says. You have got everything of God that you will ever get of Him. God has indwelled you completely. Amen? He didn't indwell you 10% and then He'll give you 10% the next year. He indwelled you 100%. But it's up to us to go to Him and say, God, I want to go a little further. Lord, I want to go a little further. We have to use the power and the tools that the Lord gives us. If we're going to go forward... We must submit ourselves to the abilities of God. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Understand that it's going to be from the Lord. He provides the tools that we need. Here, Peter and verse 4 says that we are partakers of the divine nature. When we get saved, we receive a new nature. And there are fruits that come from this new nature. Peter begins to list out seven things that come that comes along with this spiritual growth that we must tap into with our uh, divine nature. Understand that it is possible for you to be saved and never put on these seven things. If you're going to put them on, it's going to be up to you tonight to decide to go a little further with the Lord. Now, I want you to notice what he said in verse 5. He said, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Now, how do we become Christians? By faith. This whole spiritual growth starts with faith. 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 If you didn't have faith, you wouldn't be saved. If you didn't have faith, you wouldn't be here tonight. It's all about faith. Because of faith, we became a new creature in Christ. That is the foundation of our relationship with the Lord. What do I do to be a successful Christian preacher? You wake up every day and you put your trust in Jesus Christ. Every single day, faith. 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 We read it this morning. It's the only thing that pleases Him. You want to please the Master? Have faith in Him. That's where it starts is faith. But notice what it said. Add to your faith. Add to your faith. Faith alone is not good enough. The Scripture tells us to add to the faith that we have in the Lord. May I tell you that God is not satisfied with just faith. Yes, it pleases Him, but He wants us to go further. And that word, add there, means to supply generously. He doesn't want us just to go get a little virtue. He wants us to get all the virtue we can. And these seven things that He is saying to add to our spiritual life, He's not saying go get a little bit. He's saying go get everything you can. Notice the first one. He says, virtue. Add to your faith, virtue. We must become virtuous in our Christian life. You start with faith in Jesus Christ, and you must develop virtue in your Christian life with the Lord. The word virtue means excellence. It means to be excellent in what you're doing. The Greek philosophers to them, it was the fulfillment of a thing. Think about this. When a tool works correctly, it is excellent because it's doing what that tool is supposed to do. Understand that we must strive for excellence in Christianity. When do we get to that place of excellence? When we become what God has called us to be. May I tell you that it's not good enough just to have a hammer. You must know how to work that hammer. And to get everything out of that hammer, you gotta know how to swing it. You gotta know how to hold it. You gotta know. And let me tell you something. If you're just, if, if you choke up on that hammer, you're not gonna get all that it offers you. And I think in our Christian life sometimes that's how we treat Christianity. And we're not getting all that we can out of being a Christian. God wants to add to our faith. And the first thing is virtue. He wants us to become excellent Christians. He wants us to become excellent children. We are now in the family of God. And may I tell you that my father is not mediocre. May I tell you that the family of God is not this family that is on the bottom of the the totem pole. May I tell you that my God is above all. May I tell you that my Savior is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And where we got the concept that Jesus is above all, but His servants are mediocre, we've got issues there. Understand that God has called us to excellence. He wants us to be excellent at what we're doing if you're going to serve the lord then you serve him in excellence let me tell you something my dad told me he said son if you're going to be a preacher you put all you got into it and you be the best preacher god's ever called why do i keep reading why do i keep studying why do i keep digging and digging and digging because i want to be the best preacher I want to be the best preacher that God has ever sent a group of people. I don't want to be Billy Graham. I want to be excellent in the place and the call that God has put on my life. Whether it's to preach to 30 people or 300 or 600, wherever God has placed me, I want to be excellent in that place. I told Brother Trey, I said, if God's called you to be a missionary, I don't want you to be a halfway missionary. I want you to go all the way. I said, we're going to be a sending church. I don't want to be a mediocre sending church. I want to be the best sending church that this world's ever seen. Amen. I don't want Brother Trey to be a halfway missionary. I said, if you're going to do it, get in there and become excellent at what you're doing. Sunday school teachers, halfway doing it is is not what God called us to do. Slipping in there on Saturday night, getting a paragraph or two, rushing in on Sunday morning. That's not excellence. Boy, got quiet. That's not excellence. Christ, God wants us to put all that we have in what we're doing for Him. He has called us to be excellent. Jonathan, you're the quarterback. Does the coach want you to be mediocre? You give it all you got. That's what he says, isn't it? Give it all you got. Sean, that's what he says. Give it all you got. Give it all you got. Coaches, give it all you got. Coach Rob, every day, you're pushing, you're pushing your players. If we're going to do this, let's do it right. If we're going to do this, let's put it all in it. Well, may I tell you that God deserves our all. May I tell you today that I believe that when it comes to the Christian life, that it ought to be one of the most important things in our life. If you're going to serve God and be a Christian, it ought to mean more to you than anything in your life. And if you're going to do something for the Lord, for Christ's sakes, do it and do it right. Put your heart in it. Put it all in it and sell yourself out to it. Amen? Be excellent. Let me tell you something. I don't have a mediocre Savior. I have the best Savior that a God could ever give. We got the Savior of the world, and He's called us to be peculiar. He's called us to come out of the world. May I tell you, He wants you to be excellent. If He's called you to scrub the toilet, you'd be the best toilet scrubber that this world's ever seen, and I mean it. If God's called you to mow the yard, then you mow the yard. Man, bull wells, keep mowing that yard. Do it right. If God's called you to teach, put it all in it. Man, let's be excellent. Let's not do this halfway. We got one shot in this life to serve the Lord. And one day we're going to stand before him, brother Carl, and he's going to say, What did you do with that one shot that I gave you? And boy, I don't want to stand before him and him be disappointed in how I lived. "Eh, You're all right, preacher. Y'all may think that, but I don't want God to think that. Hello? I want God to be satisfied. You say, preacher, I don't have all these. He's not asking your ability. He's asking for your availability. And for you to surrender yourself to excellence. That if I'm going to be a church member, I'm going to be the best church member that Hamburg, Arkansas has ever seen. If I'm going to be a deacon, I'm going to be the best deacon Promised Land's ever had. There's nothing wrong with striving for excellence. You do it in your job, you do it in your career, while not in your life with Christ. Isn't he worthy? Isn't he worthy? When it comes time for us to have a Savior, God sent his best. He didn't send the mediocre. He didn't halfway do it. He did it all the way. We must go all the way with the Lord. A Christian is supposed to glorify God because of our divine nature within us. So when we become that, when we begin to glorify God, in all that we do, we're showing excellence because we are fulfilling our purpose in life. Child of God, your purpose in life is to glorify God. Your purpose in life is to show people the way, the truth, and the life. That's your purpose in life. And when we get to fulfilling our purpose, that's when virtue will be found in our life. In the book of Ruth, you don't have to turn there. In the book of Ruth, it says, And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requires. For all the city of my people doth know. That thou art a virtuous woman. A virtuous woman in Proverbs twelve four says, a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. But she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. Understand I've said this before. The literal Hebrew meaning of virtuous is Betty Jean Wales. I believe that fully. Amen. I got amens on that. <laughs> but virtuous is becoming perfect. At what God has called you to be. Virtuous is putting on everything that the Lord has called you to be. And even Solomon said, what is her worth? When you find that virtuous woman, when you find that woman that is full of virtue, what is her worth? You can't put a price on her. Because when somebody sells out to Jesus... And they become excellent at what they do. They cannot be stopped. And God gets so much glory when we sell out. Lord, I'm not going to give you 10%. I'm going to give you 100%. Add this generous amount of virtue. Be excellent in what you're doing. Be excellent in what you're doing. Go all the way. Sell out. Put your time in it. Put your tears in it. Put your sweat in it. Sell out to it. Say, preacher, I'm too busy. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Sell out. Jesus gave you His tears. Jesus gave you His blood. Jesus gave you His sweat. Every bit of it. And people... To Him be the honor and glory of all that is done in our life. I tell you what, I don't want to do this halfway. I got one shot at this. And I don't want to mess up, but here's the problem, I mess up a lot. I mess up a lot. But faith, begins with faith, trusting the Lord, and there comes virtue. Every day trust in the Lord. Every day putting on the things that God has called me to. Sunday school teacher, are you satisfied with mediocre? Are you satisfied deacon with mediocre? Are you satisfied singers with mediocre? He deserves our very best. I'll never forget the night that y'all called me. And I told my wife, I I was mad, upset, scared to death. And I said, if that church knew me, and the, the church in Wales knew me the way God did, neither one of them churches would want me. And I meant it. I said, they asked me to come, and if they knew me the way God knew me, they wouldn't want me. Isn't that humbling? God does know. God does see. And He still wants to use me. I mess up every day. But He's called me every day to excellence. If I messed up, I need to shake the dust off and I need to keep on going. And I need to keep on trusting. You know where excellence begins on our knees. God give me. God help me. God, I surrender. God, I surrender. We're going to have a hymn of invitation. If you want to come, I'm going to ask you to stand tonight and we're going to have a hymn of invitation. And while they come and we prepare for this, if you're here tonight and you just feel like you hadn't been given God your all, maybe it's time to recommit yourself. Maybe it's time to rededicate yourself. These altars are open. You can do that this evening. Maybe you're here and need to be saved. Would you be saved tonight? Maybe you have a public decision to make. Would you do that this evening? What page? 379. 379. As we sing tonight, would you come? Would you come? Would you be willing to give God your very best? Give Him 100% as we sing.